All right. Welcome to the Pretty Sketchy Podcast. I'm here, as always, with uh, acclaimed author and Fields Medal Laureate, Michael Marshman. <laughs> How long is this going to go on? I didn't even know you did maths. <laughs> and I just called it maths. Just that. Wow. Okay. Anyway. Um, all right. So here we are. Let's just do a little bit of backstory for the people, um, particularly audio podcast listeners. This is technically episode four. Um, we're doing it on a Thursday night, which is a little bit unusual. Um, actually you should try and get on and, uh, or you got permission. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should spread the word on Facebook or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. So basically we're live streaming on a Thursday night. Normally we do it on a Saturday afternoon. The reason is last Saturday we had a bit of a catastrophe where, um, Michael's audio didn't make it to, uh, the stream because I'm an idiot. Um, so we're going to, we're doing a, a, a catch up podcast, um, in lieu of losing all that other one, um, which is still available for live stream, but uh, I'm not going to do it as an audio podcast because there's no point. So um, so it'll be a little bit confusing. This is going to be episode four, even though there is an episode three out there in the world, but not on iTunes. So if you're an audio listener, that's why it's a little bit weird. Um, okay, so uh, in the uh, 3.1 <laughs> uh, of episode three, uh, I was doing page two of the book. Um, and I'm going to continue on with that today. If I get through that, I'm going to just jump back and do a little bit of work on page one again. <clears throat> um, still got to do some planning for page three. So um, uh, yet again, I was talking to Michael about this uh, the other day. And essentially, it's it's another exposition sort of page where Nissa is talking to her grandfather. He's imparting all of his old world sort of knowledge on her and letting her know who she is and what she's capable of and stuff like that. And, um in, in a very lyrical way, not so much like a lot of dialogue, but uh, it is, yeah, that's what it is. Very so, subtle way is what I said last time, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's. Uh, I'm just going to continue on with that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about this particular part of the story or... Well, considering no one heard me last time. Yeah, let's, let's, let's cover, we're going to have to do, cover a few extra um, bases, but yeah, go on. Um... Yeah, I just want to reiterate that, like he he's he knows a lot more than he's letting on, or he is a lot more than he's letting on. Right on. Um, there is a there is a, a a backstory to all of this, like even to how Nissa has wings. Yes. Amongst the world of regular humans, it's a bit odd that she can fly. That's actually something I was gonna uh, mention. So. Um, I mean, I'm pretty vague on the story. I'm sort of figuring it out as, as we go along uh, as well, which is cool. I kind of really like that. Um, but that's the thing. So there aren't other sort of mutated, no, I, don't, I really don't like using that word, but any other people with <laughs> abilities like her in the world. So she's kind of unique. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Um, it's very, uh, it has to do with genetics. I right suppose. On. Okay. Um, I really don't want to say a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> feel free to, yeah, feel free to self-edit. That's cool. But um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's it belongs to a, a very select few, I suppose. Okay, cool. So that's it's part of her lineage with her grandfather. Obviously, he's letting you know about it. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's teaching how to do it and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, it, okay, it, so it's very. So it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty safe to assume that he's imbued with some sort of power as well. Yes. Right. Good. Okay. Cool. That's cool. I'm drawing him kind of mystical and interesting. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, uh, where were we at? Um, so this last panel is, uh, last panel down the bottom here is going to show Nissa 
um, not directly or in, indirectly sort of learning to fly. So, um, yeah, I mentioned last time we came up with an idea of instead of just showing her running and jumping and stuff like that, we might just illustrate it by just putting shadows. Um, yeah, like yeah. along the ground and. Yeah, exactly. So, so more more alluding to it as opposed to actually showing it. Yeah, um, at this point, like <laughs> to be fair, it's only two pages in, but you haven't seen her with the wings yet. That's so right. The, yeah, big, yeah. the big reveal comes when she, you cut back to the present and she jumps off the building. Yeah, cool. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll probably get to that podcast in about six or seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to say six or seven years, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah. Oh, God. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, actually, one of the things we were talking about last time was uh, indie sort of um, comics that probably not a lot of people pick up. Um, and actually, if you'll indulge me for two seconds, I, I just changed locations at the last second. I got to grab something. One sec. Keep them entertained for a sec. Keep them entertained. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not going to sing for you. If that's what you're asking. But uh, I don't know. I suppose I'll talk more about the the book and the page. Um, I actually wanted to say that the grandfather is based on Hohenheim from Full Metal Alchemist. And I'm back. All right. Oh, hello. <laughs> I was telling everyone that the grandfather himself is. Kind of based on a character from Full Metal Alchemist. His name's Hohenheim. Okay. He's the father of the two main characters, and he, he has a very similar sort of uh, story, I guess. He like when you see him, he's not much to look at. Very, he has a presence about him, but you don't really know what he's about until later on, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> actually reminds me of a story <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say as you can tell Corey's more the more talkative of the two of us <laughs> dude I used to this is really 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 embarrassing the world's getting a, a heads up on this one right now uh, I used to be in a stage production um, where I played Austin Powers <laughs> oh wow I think you told me about <laughs> at this at a theatre restaurant one day we're on stage and we had, we used to play like with the audience members, we used to pull up on stage and play games with them and stuff like that. Like while they were really drunk. And there was one that involved, <laughs> there was one that involved ping pong balls, not as bad as it sounds. Um, <laughs> and uh, one day we get on stage and we, we do the big setup and we pull the people up on stage and, and one of my co-hosts sort of people um, realized we didn't have the ping pong balls. I was still upstairs in the, in the, uh, cause the change room wasn't actually just off stage. It was actually up a flight of stairs. So, um, <laughs> so she's gone, oh, Austin, entertain them for a minute. I'll be back. And, I, and so I turn around, just pure instinct. I turn around, look at the crowd like a deer in headlights, you know, Austin Powers style, you know, like, <laughs> like this. And then I just start doing this tap dance routine <laughs> where I'm doing the full, like terrible tap dance, do the thing where you turn sideways and do these ones and stuff. <laughs> and I, and I sort of ended up just going crazy and then ending up in a backspin where I ended up, you know how you do a backspin and then you lie on your side like this, like with, with your, uh, uh, propping yourself up with your elbow and stuff. Uh, yeah. And I did that and dude, <laughs> the crowd went fucking apeshit because <laughs> they clearly knew something was wrong and I've just like switched it on like instantly. I've just done this stupid tab routine and everything and I'm doing, even doing the Austin Powers heavy breathe, you know, at the end of everything, he's always standing there like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was one of my pure, uh, you know, thesbian moments of pure genius. Um, anyway, 
getting back to this. Um, okay, so I'm just trying to... The tricky part I had when I did the preliminaries um, layout sketches for this originally was it's hard to make uh, something look like a shadow on a, on a flat plane um, uh, that's not distorted in some way. You know what I mean? Like, usually you'll see a shadow going up the wall and it'll be, you know, long and stretched out and stuff. But this is like yeah. going to be... Um, it's got to somehow still look really 2D, which is the tricky part I found last time. Because I sort of, you sort of have to draw the figure as if they're there and then mm. just outline it and shade it black, you know? Because um, yeah. otherwise you won't get the details in the right place and stuff like that. And it, <laughs> it's a challenge, but yeah, here we go. Um, so, yeah, um, just one of the topics I wanted to talk about today um, was I was listening to a TED Talk the other day. I used to be obsessed with TED Talks and I haven't listened to one in a long time. Um, and I sort of wanted to get back into it. So I saw this one, the title was something like, um, bring on the female superheroes. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Cause you know, I'm right into that sort of stuff and, uh, and all this. And it turned out it was a, it was a lecture by a name, a guy named Christopher Bell. Who's, uh, he's like a media studies professor, I think, or something. He's, he's, he's high up anyway. He's like way into, um, studying the media and <laughs> obviously, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he, he basically started talking about how great it is that, you know, like, um, we live in a world now with all these great superheroes and, you know, he's a comic nerd from way back and, and all that. Um, and he was sort of talking about how great that is. And then he said, well, you know, I've got a daughter and she's cool too. She's, she's actually like a black belt in or halfway to a black belt in Kenpo. You know, she, she loves action heroes and stuff and she's sort of slowly turning into one but she's also a massive nerd because her mother's an athlete so she got into martial arts and stuff and her dad's a nerd so and he was he was the the crux of the um the, the whole thing that he was getting at is he, he would take a shopping to go look for cool stuff for the characters that she loves like black widow and you know game of thrones characters even though she doesn't watch the show she's a huge fan of you know Daenerys and all that and she's trying to you know wants to play and dress up like those characters and those uh costumes and toys and stuff just don't exist and and it's not the first time we've had this problem either like you know that there was you know with Star Wars you know Princess Leia there was never any real merchandise and uh and even when they were talking about um uh, the new movie, uh, Ray isn't on anything, you know, it's really tough yeah. to find something to do with Ray. And, and it was even things where they've, you know, he was saying, um, that he's something got released recently by Disney and he said, Disney's always had Disney princesses and stuff like that. And it's always been a market, but you know, if it's a sci-fi princess, it's, it doesn't seem to count. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was saying that there was some, something they released recently. He said, they're usually doing really good with it. They, they, they do better than most. But they recently released that uh, a backpack or something with the image of Darth Vader and where Leia's facing off against Darth Vader on the ship. And they've replaced Leia with Luke. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's almost to the point where it's insidious, you know? Like, and yeah. he's saying she, she wants heroes and she wants to, to play as these heroes. And she, sometimes she wants to play as the boy heroes. She wants to be Captain America and stuff. But sometimes she doesn't, you know? And when she doesn't, there's there isn't an avenue for that sort of thing. And I was, what struck a chord with me as to why this is important, obviously is, is, I mean, the main character of our book here is female, you know? Um, and I mean, I, I know from, from knowing you that you're a big fan of female protagonists in video games and stories and, uh, yeah. and, and all that. And I mean, I'm sure that it has a lot to do with the fact that, um, 
you know, the main character of this book is Nissa, you know, um, probably because you've had a lot of experience reading and, 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 uh, you know, with entertainment things based around female protagonists. Um, uh, kind of the opposite actually. Really? Yeah. Like the, the main reason I'm so drawn to female characters is because they're so few and far between. Well, you know, good, strong female characters anyway. So, so, so it's more that there's a uniqueness to them. You're not choosing your typical, like if you have an option to choose a female character in a game and a male one, you tit you tend from what I've seen to, to pick a female protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And um, it's mainly because like, um, I, I kind of get sick of not seeing the strong female characters. So in that mm. case, I'll just make one. Yeah. There you go. You, 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 uh, you create the lore and the story, you know, in, in a, yeah. a video game. And that's exactly what you've done here. Um, and I, I don't know. It just, like I was listening to it going, man, that's, that's why it's important us doing what we're doing. And, and, and it's also important to, to maintain her as a, um, you know, like to, to, to still make her feminine, um, but at the same time, just like amazing, you know what I yeah. mean? Like don't make her a tomboy or, um, you know, uh, or, or, or have a lot of male traits. She's still a woman, um, or in yeah. this case right now, a girl, she shouldn't be a strong guy with a lot of guy traits. You know what I mean? She should be written feminine, um, yeah. uh, but yeah. still have great ability, you know? Um, which is again getting back to Jessica Jones. I think that's a, that's a great thing about her story is she she really comes off as a as as a female character. She's strong and powerful, but she still has um, a lot of like her, her her base character traits are clearly that she's a she's a woman. You know, and yeah. I, I kind of dig that. She's an ass kicker, but she's she's a lady. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was. Um, just to, yeah, I thought it was really interesting, um, but it's it sort of gives us like it puts us in a position where we have to be um, responsible, you know. With, oh yeah, with this, definitely. That's yeah. Um, hmm. I was gonna say something, and it totally just it. It flew out of my head. Yeah. Flew out of my well, head. if this Corey guy would just shut up for two seconds, maybe you could get an edge in <laughs> where an edge was. Um, yeah, but uh, you know what? If if you if you find it, uh, like it's one of the more recent sort of TED talks um, on iTunes. It, I just listened to it like a podcast. Um, it really was eye opening, you know. And 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 he was he was like uh, obviously upset about it. Uh, obviously, because you, you, know, you don't create a TED talk about something that you don't care too much about. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he really blew the lid wide open for me. You know, like as as far as uh, I had no idea that it was. I mean, I'd heard things about like you know, where's all the Ray this and where's this and that. You know, um, and it's it really it did illustrate how it is not good enough. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing to to hear hearsay and whatnot, and yeah. But he's he, he's speaking from experience. Yeah, yeah of, exactly. Of, he's he's throwing it at you like this is actually what what's going on. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, but I just thought, I thought it was interesting and it, and it relates to what we're doing here. So yeah, thought I'd bring that up. But um, if if you can find it out there, look at listen to it. It's definitely worth listening. His name's Christopher Bell, and it's a it's a really good TED talk. So especially particularly if you're into the sort of things we're into with you know Marvel, DC, Disney. I mean all of the. <laughs> the six major conglomerates that actually own all the media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they, they're, they're all guilty of it, you know, so 
It's it's interesting. Yeah, um, and, and they run the world essentially. Yeah, but do you know what though? Like, and 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 I feel like you know we need to make an effort to to be better at the you know the entertainment that we choose as well. Like you you have to you have to watch what you like. There's no point in getting involved in things that you're not going to be attracted to on a, on a entertainment level. Um, yeah. Just just for a cause, you know. There's no point going out and seeking out like notably like feminine sort of things if you don't want to but at the same time there is there is choices out there that are that are great if you're willing to look for them like this i mean wonder woman to me i watched the trailer for that again the other night and dude i'm so psyched for that movie oh yeah you know what i mean and not because it's wonder woman and it's a chick or anything like that it just looks (laughs) fucking amazing and she's she's baller as fuck you know what i mean and and (laughs) if i was a young girl i'd be like holy shit I, I watch that I can kick ass like anybody else can you know um, and it, like it, it, that that I, and I literally watched that trailer like the same night I listened to that podcast just by sheer coincidence and I went this is exactly what we need not like and, and remember originally when they were talking about a Wonder Woman movie nah, there's no way she could uh, you know a, a female superhero character could hold up an entire film that was the general rhetoric on the internet and I was thinking well uh, that, I, I don't see why not I kind of blame Disney for that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know they they've had so many opportunities to make a Black Widow solo movie, and yes, yes, like there's, there's no reason not to. It should have been done like five goddamn years ago. Yeah, they they sort of make a joke similar to that in um, what little of uh, <laughs> the fractured butthole I've played, where they, they, <laughs> they, they the kids are all having it was it was in all the trailers. It's not a spoiler, but it's um, kids are having a big superhero debate about their superhero universe they're trying to create, and it's like you know. Token Token's upset because he doesn't get a solo movie until like the third. Um, what's it called? The third uh, phase. Third phase of, of the thing. <laughs> and it's like Cartman's like adamant that he can't have one because he's black. You know, it's the same situation. Like, but you know, Wonder Woman and 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 Black Widow shouldn't. You know, people will buy tickets if it's. You just need to put the term Marvel or you know, essentially, not so much lately, but DC. You know. <laughs> on there and people will go you know we're happy to watch her in be you know a, a major player in any of the others like movies why not this you know yeah um yeah so do, do, does marvel have any solo female movies coming out um i can't really think of any yeah i can't think of any either not offhand it might be but i mean let's <laughs> who's who are the characters you've got black widow Oh, friggin' if they do Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll be one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has Captain Marvel always been female? Uh, I feel like Captain I'm, Marvel, or unless there's two two Captain Marvels that I'm not familiar I, I'm, with. I'm not too familiar with my Marvel history, but, mm. I mean, Shazam was called Captain Marvel. At That's, that might be what I'm thinking of, yeah. And there was a, that big old hubbub, you know, Marvel going, hey, you know, you can't call him Captain Marvel, and... See what kind of like fuck you were calling him uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, that that must be what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. A lot of the uh, audience may not know this, but I haven't been involved in comics as long as I probably would have liked to have been. Um, I sort of started. I mean, I used to collect Spawn comics when I was in high school back in the '90s, but um, oh, the '90s. <laughs> I just dated myself hard. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, there was, I took a long hiatus from it. Um, always interested, but what, like, it wasn't like pff, comic books. I just 
until I got a local comic store again, it never really crossed my path, you know? And I yeah. started collecting again back when Guardians must have just been out because I started with like the Rocket and Groot books and yeah. Rocket Raccoon, Scotty Young's books and stuff and uh, getting back into it. Um, so yeah, the new movie's coming out soon. So that gives you an idea how long it's been. Not that long, but still, you know, what, a year or so? Two years? I'm just trying to think. Uh, I got an entire guys. run of Batman Jeez. Superman. Um, it was what, three years ago? Was it really? Okay, so yeah, you know. <laughs> bit, uh, dude, I'm old school when it comes to comic books. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, now I've got to try and figure out how I'm going to... I've got both figures there. I'll tidy this all up when I go to ink it. So um, she'll just be flat black against the, the background here. Um, so the audience knows this is the only time I get to see the pages as well. Yeah. It's not or he never sends me anything. Like, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> not going to bring them in, you know? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I should photograph them and send them to you. I never even thought of that. Um, I mean, you, you used to, but yeah, you, yeah. Haven't, you haven't done it for a while. Yeah. Um, I just got to just remember she's supposed to have big chunky boots on. You know, what's really funny. I, just after doing the podcast on Saturday, I was like, one of the things that I've always wanted with this, this era, um, of of Nisa is to have like you know she's a little girl she's got a party dress kind of thing going on with a pair of big chunky boots that aren't necessarily yeah. laced up that are like they seem like they're hand me downs or they're someone else's you know, you know what I mean yeah they're they're like they're too big for her yeah big warm. big chunky look like army boot sort of things and yeah. and it was kind of one of those things I was like been trying to just get the, like the the vibe of that just right. And I was, I couldn't really visualize what it looked like. And I went down to uh, the the park to walk the dogs. And literally there was a little girl there <laughs> with pigtails wearing a party <laughs> dress and a pair of boots. And I was like, that's exactly it. You know, like, I mean, it's not like it's complicated. I should have been able to visualize it in my head, but just seeing it in person and the way that the dress moved and everything like that made all the difference. <laughs> you know, and I'm like... I, I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Why are you going to a park to stare at little girls? Uh, <laughs> I was walking my goddamn feminine dogs. <laughs> I got Pomeranians. Nobody's ever going to suspect me of being anything other than a gay man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, okay. So that's looking pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that so far. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I need to add to this. Um, oh, yeah, probably some... Did you, did you watch the trailer for Guardians? I um, is there only one? Because if there if there is, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the a minute. Rock and Groot looking through some body hole in someone's body yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Genius. <laughs> we need to put that I, shot in one of ours. <laughs> I I clicked on it this morning on on YouTube and I'm watching it, <laughs> and there's no dialogue at all for like. 80% of the trailer and then it cuts to Drax and Star-Lord having a chat <laughs> and when emotional. they started talking I finally realized that the trailer I was watching was in Russian yeah oh my god oh, <laughs> so I'm like, hmm. it's funny a lot of trailers must come out of there because the um, I was just talking about the Wonder Woman trailer I, was, I watched the other night was literally in Russian oh wow yeah at first I thought oh cool she's got the dialect down just bang on you know and then the rest of everyone else is talking in Russian I'm like oh <laughs> yeah plus you know she's meant to be Greek that's right yeah yeah <laughs> um oh, hang on I'm gonna take out one of these fence palings cause why the fuck not 
Um, yeah, I, say, so, I know it's a long way off, but I, I'm really curious to see what it's like when the colors added. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I, I think I won't. I won't go too far into it without inking and coloring a page, because um, I, I, I genuinely want to sort of get it in my head what I'm doing as far as that whole process goes, because it'll make a difference to how I draw and how much detail I put into the pencils and how much I don't, you know, cause that's, that's sort of the challenge right now. I'm looking at it and going, should I put any texture there? Like the fence that she's sitting on in this panel up here in the top left, um, uh, how much detail should I put into that? Should there, you know, should I put like, is it made of wood? Should I put brickwork there? I don't know. It's one of those things that I could, um, mess around with, with just like watercolor, just a wash, you know what I mean? And get, and put texture in there without having to draw too much over it. Um, because I want to do that. I want to leave as much detail out as I possibly can to, to really have, um, let, let the, the watercolors do their work, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I, I really want it to be sort of a unique sort of book as far as you open it up and it doesn't look like a typical comic. Um, yeah. Cause they're the ones that always attract me. That's, that's what I liked about, um, was it, uh, seven to eternity? Um, it just doesn't, like it's it, it it's very typical comic style art, but at the same time it doesn't um, it has its own flavor, you know, particularly with the coloring and and the the color palette and stuff that they choose and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the actual paper felt different too. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. Uh, it felt like it was printed on a heavier stock. Um, yeah. Not so much heavier, just different. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. That always kind of grabs me. It's like with um, mm. there's a it's a premium sort of feel. Yeah, like the latest Alan Moore book that he's writing, uh, Providence, <clears throat> which I've, I'm still picking up, but I've kind of stopped reading. Okay, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's at, very. You're adding it to your thick. pile of shame. Oh, uh, not really. I'll like I'll I think I'll wait for it to finish because it's only going to be twelve issues. Yeah, but uh, he's sort of taking his time with it. But yeah. uh, yeah, then I'll then I'll probably finish it off because it's it's a good book. It's just. You've read Watchmen, haven't you? Yep. You know how at the end of every sort of issue, there's like a long sort of chapter of just writing of just letters? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I read the trade on that though. Oh, yeah. But like, it's yeah. got like the whole, I think a lot of it is the, the old Night Owls sort of memoirs. Okay, you're just yeah. sort of reading a lot of that crap and the, the pirate story as well, I think. Yeah, okay. he's kind of done that as well in Providence. At the end of every issue, there's like six pages of like the, the main character's journal and you're just reading through it and it kind of throws me out a bit because like I, I came here to read a comic, not a novel. Like yeah. I read novels just fine, but like, you know, I read a novel when I know I'm reading a novel. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's comic book time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave me out of this. I, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I feel like watching a comedy today, you know. Yeah. Um, get stuck with a horror movie. <laughs> uh cool yeah you know what i don't mind that too much all right cool so i think that's the the basic layout for page two done i'm still not entirely sold on this little time thing i might have to hang on maybe it's just too short um i love the fact that you went to grab something and you haven't mentioned it since you went and grabbed oh, it i'm getting to it i'm getting to it <laughs> I just got caught up in the drawing, which is kind of why we're here in the first place. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was yeah, I was talking about um, just oddball comics. 
and I was down there today looking for something to talk about tonight, you know, like, um, you know, just in case I, I came across something like a gem and literally <laughs> there it is. Bill and Ted go to hell. <laughs> uh, being a nineties kid. Um, well, when I say nineties kid, I'm, I'm like a seventies kid who spent a lot of time in the nineties. Um, <laughs> um, I was a huge, well, I guess no Bill and Ted was it late eighties. Maybe it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So either way, like, um, I haven't even flipped through this yet or anything, but I just looked, I opened it up and there's death playing like connect four and getting all excited. <laughs> and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And the very first thing I did was took a photo of the cover and sent it to Evan. Um, who's, a, who's also, I mean, he's, he's probably the biggest Wayne's world and Bill and Ted fan in the world. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, hang on, I got to find, I got to find the exact text. <laughs> He replies with, um, cool, is it 80s San Dimas compliant? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I'll get back to you when I've read this one, but this is definitely something I'm interested in. The style, the art style is actually pretty cool. It's kind of, um, it, it definitely has its own flavor. The artist has its own flavor. Like the likenesses aren't great, um, but it doesn't really matter. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't look like Keanu. Oh, dude, Napoleon's in it. Holy shit. I mean, I'm so, I'm sold. You sold, you sold the whole series. It's a one of four. I mean, um, another one actually, um, and I know very little about this one too. Uh, I, I was speaking to Tom, who's our local comic book representative. Uh, shout out to uh, Tom, who probably, he said he'd listen to this, so we'll see. <laughs> I'll see if he calls me on the, on the, on the uh, name drop. Um, yeah, this one called Reborn. It's Greg Capullo's new book. Um, oh shit i gotta pick that up yeah right okay cool because because i basically said look i want to i want something i can tell me if you're listening put that on my standing order (laughs) um it's uh so mark miller wrote it um and greg capullo uh did the pencils but um i don't know like it's again that's that's a dynamite combo by the way yeah yeah miller and capullo fuck me well it's uh, you know what's interesting about it just flipping through it i haven't i haven't read this yet either but you've got it's it's it looks like it, it exists in several dimensions because you've got heaps of different um uh how would you explain it like um well vibes really so you've got like what looks like present day and then you've got characters who look like they're from braveheart and then this chick looks like she's from space <laughs> you know and there's a spaceship in there and stuff it just sort of jumps around um and until i read it obviously i won't get a beat on it but um i i asked tom for something i said what's what's the biggest hype train at the moment what's something that possibly i or marshman haven't read that we could look into and maybe discuss um and he looked through the racks and he was like oh shit yeah greg capullo's new book here you go grab that so well i'll i'll read that hopefully you'll get your copy and we can talk about it maybe on the next podcast and see where that's headed but um, I just wanted to sort of set up like like I was saying to you earlier today about possibly like a segment where we review a comic a week or something like that. It might be interesting to do because um, this is a comic related podcast, even though we talk about it that very little. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I still think it's in the majority. But yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you haven't read uh, Huck, have you? No. Book before. Not, uh, no, did you, book did you before. notice that flip open at the back page there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, there it is. It's it's such a different take on the superhero genre. Yeah? Um, what's uh, well, Explain it. What's the deal? Uh, it's about a, a guy who grows up in like a small town. He was left in an orphanage. Mm-hmm. 
and he, he always seemed kind of like he didn't seem like the brightest bulb in the box if you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. but uh, he, he pretty much has I want to say he's very much like Superman like he I don't think he can fly though I think he can jump very high but he's pretty much got super strength Falling and he has this with style yeah he has this uh, ability to find what people have lost okay it's interesting that's just yeah one of his powers i suppose and anyway like he he lives in this small town the the people in the town keep his secret secret but word eventually gets out that he's you know super strong and blah 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 mm-hmm. and he gets sort of national media attention and he, he's not a fan of it like you know he just wants to be left alone yeah uh he ends up sort of going off away from everything and the, there's more to the story and it goes to different places but that's pretty much the whole setup of it so. okay so here's he's one of, I mean it sounds to me like uh, a little bit like um, but exactly the opposite um, Green Mile sort of character uh, yeah kind of in that he, he has abilities but he's not like um, he's just a sweetheart who looks like a big scary dude um and I mean, the difference here is that that guy was—they didn't tell anybody about him. <laughs> they they just they just fried him. Uh, <laughs> spoilers if anybody hasn't seen the Green Mile. Um, yeah, um, yeah. No, that that sounds interesting. I might have to check that one out. I mean, it's a, it's only six issues, I think. Okay, so cool. Yeah, I, if that's, you get a trade, it'll, you'll fly through that real quick. That's that's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So. Uh, Two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, guys, I'm just doing some measuring. Um, some maths. Yeah, doing some some maths. <laughs> oh my god, if my friend Tim heard me say maths, it, oh my god. Hey man, when you do maths in society, which is like, which is what I did, <laughs> um, which is like, I wouldn't say remedial mathematics, <laughs> but but it's close enough. Like there was okay, so so you had your 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 two unit and three unit math. <laughs> um, and uh and then there was um maths in society which is what i did because i didn't care about maths at all um although oddly enough um and you wouldn't know it from these line work but i when, when it came to geometry i got a hundred percent in every exam i ever did um because i could visualize you know isometric things and shapes and area and all that sort of stuff i could visualize it real easy so i could always tell if i was getting the answer right um, cause obviously I'm a very visual person. Um, I mean, you're good at pool. Huh? Yeah. Well, you'd mean- think, you'd think I'd be better, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's more, um, a case of, uh, just, you know, it's the same when I did tech drawing, admittedly, I only did that in like year seven and eight. Right. So you do pretty basic stuff. It's like, okay, here's, here's like a, a plan of something, draw an isometric view of the same thing. I, I barely even pulled out a calculator, to be honest. I just eyeballed it. And, and more often than not, I had it, you know, a perfect design. Because it's just one of those things that I've always understood, you know, um, is, is how things are supposed to look form-wise. Um, and, and I mean, I'm sure as if uh, that sort of shit wouldn't have flown <laughs> as I got like up in, in the years if, yeah. I, if I continued doing tech drawing. But I definitely got away with it in year seven and eight. Um, <laughs> just just by figuring it out on the fly you know um one two three 
But yeah, it's just just one of those natural abilities I always had. Um, whereas everyone else was sitting there freaking out because they couldn't work out the math formula to do it, or you know the angles or all this other stuff. I was I was just there going, yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but get me to add two numbers together in my head, and I'll look like a special needs kid. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and not one of the ones who are great at that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, like uh, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, um, visual stuff always been great. Anything else? Um, although having said that, things like creative writing and things like that, like when you know, I came first in my year in English early on in, in school, um, and and stuff like that. Just because like creative writing, I always had an interesting story to tell, um, which is basically what they do in English. English in in the early years is all about you learning how to write basic stuff so i guess that when you start reading books you understand them a little bit better maybe i don't know um but yeah i always seem to get away with that stuff really well um you know to be honest with you the, the one thing the only problem i really had with school was studying if i studied i probably would have done all right <laughs> but i was too busy drawing and playing guitar so <laughs> can scratch all those ideas um where you are now yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah i'm crushing it <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, I don't, I, school is a bit weird for me because, like, you know, I've, for the longest time, I've always considered myself to be a writer. Yeah, and uh, even like in school, like the creative writing stuff, I came first and whatnot. I got the mm-hmm. highest grades, blah blah blah. Nice. But I think a lot of that was because the the period of time because like, I went to high school between two thousand two thousand five. I graduated yeah. two thousand five. Um. Wow, <laughs> I felt like. A, <laughs> do you feel old, Corey? Uh, I graduated in '95, so <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt like I was one of the rare kids that actually read books, and like I've I've been reading books since I was like you know five years old. Hmm. I was reading stuff well beyond my level yeah. at that age, <clears throat> and which you know helped me to become the writer I am and. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. I think I remember <laughs> one time as a kid, I was in, I think I was in a Target or a Big W with my family. Hmm. And every time we would go into one of those, I would head straight for the books and just see what was there. And like, I was a big Goosebumps kid. Like, oh, yeah. I love reading Goosebumps. <laughs> I remember one time I ran up there and I think the books are relatively cheap. So my parents would always get me one when we go in and I'd go up there and I'd, I picked one. I can't remember the name of it, but it had like mud people on the front. And I was like, you know, I want this one. My dad was like, yeah, no worries. So <laughs> this is at the start of the trip to Big W or wherever it was. So I'd carry the book around with me in the store. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be reading it <laughs> while, while we're all walking through the store. And we finally got to the cash register. And I was like, I finished the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Put that down. <laughs> yeah, put that one down. Go get another one. So, like, all right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, I think, yeah, I was one of the, the rare kids at school that actually read books like mm. For fun, as opposed to because they had a gun to their head. Yeah, exactly. But like, even then, there was one book that was required reading, and <laughs> I think it was called Raw. I can't remember who wrote it, <clears throat> and it was an okay book. Katie it wasn't Perry. too bad. <laughs> Shout out to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was an okay book. I didn't mind it, but mm. since it was required reading, like a lot of the students 
actually bothered to read it and like, wow, this book's actually you know really interesting. Finally, blah, blah, you had blah. something you could talk to people about. Eh, not really, because I was like, yeah, it's an okay book, and they're like, what? It's like this is amazing. It's like it's because you don't read any other books, you got nothing <laughs> to compare it to, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think a lot of that helped with you know the creative writing process and. I, you know what, I, I, this sounds like an excuse, but I, I was, I was a, a fan of reading as well growing up. Like, um, uh, like for example, when we, we had this thing, I think I must've been in year, year five or it must've been year five, I think. And they had this thing where you had to read a certain number of books by the end of like, you know, you, you had like four weeks to read yeah. a bunch of books and it was like, you know, kids books and stuff like that, like that sort of thing. And I'm like. I'm not interested in any of that bullshit. I want to read um, Stephen King's Firestarter. You know? <laughs> and, and, and Stephen King's Firestarter is like, you know, that thick. Uh, I can't really get a gauge of it. Hang on. That thick. There you go. I'll do it on the big camera. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I mean, as a kid, you haven't, you, you sort of only get to read in like, they give you 20 minutes a day in class to read, sit, sit quietly and read something. And, um, and so it was taking me a long time to get through it. And I made a deal with the teacher. I said, look, I don't, I'm not interested in any of these stupid kids books. Can I read this? And this counts as eight books, you know? And I think she, from memory, I think she was a total bitch about it and said, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just didn't pay attention. I just read that anyway. Um, and, uh, it was, dude, what a great book, you know, even as a, even as a small kid, I, I, I think I got the themes. I understood it because I could relate to this character who's a young little girl. <laughs> yeah, well, well, King's King's written about kids a fair bit. Yeah, like he's he's kind of had that Stand by Me, Stranger Things sort of vibe. Yeah, but but it was it was amazing because here's this kid who's roughly my age, played by Drew Barrymore in the movie, who I also had a massive crush on as a kid. Um, so that didn't hurt. Um, but. She, she she had these powers and I mean I would find myself as a kid because when you're a kid you got a massive imagination and I'd be like well hell if she can sit there and make something catch fire or move something with the mind why can't I and and you know because he sells it so well as like you know it's the power of the mind if you focus hard enough or you know you um your, your brain can do way more than people give it credit for and the only reason we can't do things is because no one really tries because they don't believe in it you know um, and so sure enough, I, I gave it a run and didn't set anything on fire. <laughs> and that's when I, that's when I, my love of reading died. <laughs> no, but yeah, like I, I honestly, to, to, you know, one of my all time favorite books, really cool. For the record, for anyone listening, I am aware that Stephen King wrote Stand By Me. So don't oh, yeah. <laughs> chastise me. That's right. Was it, hang on, who, um, who directed the film? God, uh, no idea. I've seen the movie once. Yeah. So. Um, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was, um, I was going to say it was someone generic, like, I mean, it's like generic when you say Steven Spielberg, but no, it wasn't like that. It was someone, <laughs> someone else. Um, I well, I, I have a computer right in front of me, so. Yeah, well, you Google that shit. The, the IMDb's. You googly. Um, speaking of speaking of movies, I was, um, one of the things I brought up to to talk about today was you know everybody the, the talk on the internet right now is is the buzz surrounding the Red Dead Redemption reveal. Oh um, uh, yeah, and it, I'm <laughs> so fucking excited for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk online about hey, you know, don't get excited, don't pre-order, you know, like you know, they're, they're like people believe that by not pre-ordering, they have the developers over a barrel. 
But we're talking about Rockstar. <laughs> you know, they don't give yeah. a shit if you pre-order or not. They know you're going to yeah. buy the game. They're not stupid. Yeah. Uh, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was somebody who I, I thought was a strange... Uh, I never would have guessed it was him. And when I found out it was Rob Reiner, I went, oh, okay, fair enough. Wow, cool. Um, and yeah, like the, the thing about uh, Red Dead that I think is interesting is it's going to hit at exactly the right time in history where by that time, I can only imagine that Westworld is going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. It's up to issue, uh, like uh, issue. Uh, it's up to um, episode three. And, and it, look, it doesn't, it's not showing any signs of slowing down. It looks quality. Um, I think it, it'll find that same audience that requires a little bit more from their television shows like your, your Game of Thrones audiences. Um, you know, I mean, it's not really fantasy, so you'll probably lose some of those, that crowd. Um, Stellar cast as well. Oh, yeah, dude. They, they've, they've spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but dude, it like I'm, I'm hooked. I think it's fantastic. Um, but like... It, like it's it's almost like if, if if I didn't know better and I knew how long these things are in production before we hear about them and things like that, I would say that it was suspiciously like convenient convenient timing. Yeah, because like we've got these everything's Western right now. You've got the hateful eight, um, you know, like uh, what else is there? There's uh, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah, Magnificent Seven and all those sort of movies they're bringing out. Um, are they doing a Dirty Dozen? I think they are, yeah. They're, they're remaking all of this stuff because it hasn't been done for a while. Westerns haven't sort of been a thing. They've tried their hand at it a few times in recent years and they've made some great sort of Western sort of movies, but I don't think they really had the impact because people weren't ready to switch over to Westerns just yet. You know what I mean? They found their audiences, but it wasn't really like culturally they weren't huge. Um, interesting thing about Westerns I didn't know until until very recently the reason they made so many of them back in like our parents sort of vintage you know, um, mine at least um, was because they were cheap you just had to literally drive three hours into the desert from oh, yeah. California from Hollywood um, and you know all the stuff was set up you could reuse props and everything like that like studios because studios used to make the, the films themselves so they'd be like hey we've got a whole fucking town built we can use that to make six movies you know um, yeah. or uh you know, and, and, you know, you didn't have to look hard to find compelling stories for the time anyway, because there's plenty of historical stories you can draw from, you know, Daniel Boone and, you know, characters that are part of the psyche of American Western culture and um, all that sort of rhetoric and stuff like that is, is all readily available if you, if you, you know, without having to try too hard. Um and yeah, and, and it was just cheap. They, you know, there was plenty of people in the business that, you know, horse wranglers and all that sort of stuff. So, mm. um, yeah, but see now when you make a Western, <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be bigger than Ben-Hur and it'll probably cost you a goddamn fortune. Um, yeah. you know, and no one's going to go see it unless Brad Pitt's in it or somebody, you know, um, but I, I do have to, I think I slightly disagree with you on the whole, it's, it's making a comeback sort of thing. Cause they've always kind of been there. Yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah. th th there's been quality Western stuff, like Deadwood, for instance. Yeah, good call. Um, good call. I, I consider Firefly to be a, a space Western. Good call. Yeah, I um, agree with that. But look, uh, as you can see, they're mainly TV. Mm. I think, yeah, there's a few movies coming out, which will probably help it along. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, even <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's sort of been on a Western spiel lately because he's had Django as well. And fucking... Yeah, but he's hugely inspired by Westerns, you know? Yeah, he's, yeah, always, he's... he's always banging about the Wild Bunch and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 
spaghetti western sort of yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Sergio Leone kind of um, stuff. Yeah, but um, man, I'm looking for my. I don't, I'm I'm back on page one, people. In case you're wondering, I'm trying to find a uh, reference that I did for uh, page one. That's all good. I'm just gonna wing it. Um, yeah, but it's definitely. Um, I think it's it's one of those things where we're gonna find uh, like it's gonna be a perfect storm of 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 that sort of thing in in the next year or two. You know. Um, oh, because like I consider superhero movies to be the modern western. They they definitely are they definitely are and and it's it's not often that you get it, it's sort of like like um um it, it's one of those things where westerns you know it was a genre a very specific genre if you went to a western you knew what you were getting and I think it's the same thing you're right with superhero movies it's kind of like you, you, when you walk into the cinema you, you if you're a fan of that stuff you probably get something out of it you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, maybe not always <laughs> are the movies hugely successful or as far as like relating to everybody in the, in the crowd. Um, DC, I'm talking to you. Um, but, to be fair, Marvel's had some stinkers. No one just talks about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Example? Iron Man 3. Good point. Yeah. You know what though? But the problem is that's sort of sunken into the lore of Iron Man now. Like, people don't talk about it, but they accept that it's there and they're happy that it's there because it's brought, like, so much more in, you know, in, in into the, the universe, you know? That doesn't stop it from being a piece of shit. Yeah. Was that the one with Mickey Rock? No, that was Iron Man 2. That was also not that great. Oh, I'm like, Mickey Rock just looks like... I don't even know. He, <laughs> he looks like an artificial human. It's like it's yeah. like they, they pulled a character off, uh, off Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's had so much surgery yeah, that, now. Face it's kind of interesting, like the Marvel's pretty much headlining character, Iron Man, mm. is batting one for three in my book anyway. Yeah, good point. Yeah, but everybody, That's... everybody, do you know why though? Because the Iron Man movies don't matter because he's such a badass character in the yeah. in the yeah. um, ensemble movies. Um, that's what it is. You know, like he, he carries those movies. He's so charismatic. Um, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and... and uh, it, that's that's what makes that's what sells those movies is is him and Cap's chemistry, and and you know particularly Civil War because it was really about those two guys. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think it, you know maybe if if the Iron Man movies hadn't like at least started out successfully, we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't have made it to the Avengers and we wouldn't have made it to um, those things. So there's there's something to be said for Iron Man and and all that maybe just you don't have to watch the films you just have to know that they exist you know yeah yeah i mean credit where credit's due it is sort of responsible for everything we have now exactly yeah and and it's the benchmark by which we base all movies unfortunately for dc um (laughs) you know but yeah well some of us do that some of us don't yeah that's right yeah i mean i I, like you know me i I take it i i i'm that guy who never hated anything um and you know i walked out of um, I walked out of Suicide Squad particularly and you know Batman vs Superman as well just going man everyone's gonna love that shit because <laughs> I, I had a great time and then, and then you know the internet sort of had their fucking moment to talk about it and 
you know. It, I mean, what Suicide Squad is... was a, a lot more polarizing than BVS was. I, BVS I, I seemed, just seemed to be like everyone just seemed to hate it. Yeah, I, I could barely find any love for it, but Suicide Squad was very fifty-fifty. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I forgot where you landed on that. What was your What was your like? Now that a few months have passed and and all that, what what? Uh... Um. Well, I ended up seeing it twice in the cinemas, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and 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 what was your perspective on it? It's it's fun. It's it's a fun movie. Yeah, um, I, I think that's. I, I sort of felt the same, and I think it was one of those movies where I I, I don't know why anyone would have gone and expecting anything else. You know, by the way it was marketed and everything, it was definitely like that sort of thing. Maybe, maybe because David Ayer had just done Fury, um, <laughs> and that was like <laughs> that, that that was like a big, serious kind of film with real human interest story kind of thing. Yeah. And then you've got like this um, <laughs> gun toting troublemakers, you know, as the next yeah. outing. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm also well aware that I'm in the minority with the Harley Quinn. You, you like, did, didn't like her. I mean, you're, not that I, okay. We should establish that you're you're an old school Harley Quinn fan from way back. Like, yeah, I've, I've seen yeah. you drop some serious bank on statues and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you probably look at her right now, going, "Don't worry, baby. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about what the mean sit man said about you." Yeah. I actually was looking at the statue. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. Yeah. I've been a fan of Harley since the animated series, which yeah. you know where she came from and she's changed over the years i accept that i'm actually very satisfied with who she is in the comics now yeah um but and i mean you know margot did a very good job as harley but to me she she did a great job of playing that harley yeah yeah she like to me being like the, the fucking i always have issues like slight issues with movies and like it's a flaw like i shouldn't have that sort of problem i guess i don't know because like you know they're movies they're their own thing they're not exactly yeah. copy the comic but there's still that part of me that's too nerdy to sort of let it go yeah. and yeah. uh I, I don't know harley wasn't quite nutty enough if you know what i mean yeah, like she's yeah. Yeah. like in in the movie because i get like you know it's also darker and grittier but harley essentially is very she's very bright and optimistic and very just poppy and bubbly and whatnot she she has that imagine a the typical blonde bimbo yeah with the crazy dialed up to fucking 20 yeah yeah and she's just you know jumping everywhere off the walls and just happy and bubbly like i said mm-hmm. and she, she she wasn't quite that yeah but. i i say I, I know what you're saying yeah i mean i, I haven't read a lot of strictly you know comic adaptations of her and I, I to be honest i didn't watch the tv series i think i missed that one by a few years um <laughs> the animated series um but you know like i've read the new 52 sort of um the run that you you gave me the trade for and i felt like you know the the joker and harley in those stories is not the typical joker and harley you'd get in in like a batman or a or a harley quinn run of books i believe i feel like it's different um and particularly more so the joker because the joker is just batshit crazy and evil he's not he doesn't have any charm to him he's just dark and sinister and um 
and violent and evil. You know, he's, he doesn't have any redeeming features that it's everybody, yeah, everybody, everybody finds and think. And and to be fair, in the in those in that book particularly, he's a bit player. He's not really part of the squad. He's not anything. He just flies in and out to sort of give Harley Quinn a, a hard time. And yeah. and and like I've said before, he, it, it almost feels like it even gets to the point where he's too crazy for her. And she's yeah. she's even though she's like obsessed with the Joker, she's still a little bit sort of oh shit okay um it might be time to dial it back a notch you know yeah that's, that's, at least that's the vibe i got from it um yeah but it's um i mean i feel like i don't have much say like place to say whether or not she was a good harley quinn or not because i, I don't know enough about the character um only what i've heard in recent years um i mean she she was a good like you said she was good as that harley yeah. And like I get it, you know, there's different Harleys and different interpretations. So yeah, yeah. But that's the beauty of could, comics. Could have could have worked on the accent a bit more, but you know, <laughs> she she did lose it a bit. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is weird because in she was doing the exact same accent in uh, in Wolf of Wall Street, and she seemed to yeah, just nail she it. Fucking nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I'm struggling with this panel. It's, it's driving me crazy. Uh, I'm drawing Youngness uh, front on. And she just looks like a chubby old person. <laughs> like she's, she's not looking like a kid. Um, I actually want to go back to Red Dead. And you mentioned that people are saying don't pre-order it. Yes. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's this thing at the moment on the internet where I think people are just jack of having to pre-order to get um, like collectible stuff or, or like desirable items or extra content and then getting stiffed with a half finished game, which to okay. be fair, I, I kind of agree with, you know, like things like yeah. any, anybody who was super hyped about, um, about no man's sky, um, may have, uh, you know, I can see how they could be burned by the whole process of pre-ordering. Um, yeah. but see my, my point is pre-order to, you know, like like I was saying to to some guys I was talking to the other day, all of this sort of rhetoric is going to last just long enough until each one of the people involved misses out on a new release. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it happens. You know, in, in in our store and stuff like that, we get games that sell out, and for two weeks we're telling people, "Sorry, we don't have yeah. any." You know, yeah. Need for yeah. Speed was one of those. It was just a, it was it was just an outstanding. Uh, a hit that took off, but no one expected it to. So we were really undersupplied for it. Um, I think and, uh, Dragon Ball was one of those as well. Exactly, the Dragon Ball games really do well. Um, yeah, despite the fact they're the same game every time. Yeah, and they and they do sort of, um, uh, it, it they they creep. It's one of those ones that doesn't sell massive on the first day, but if it's school holidays, you'll sell out of them in in a week. You know. Yeah, or, or word of mouth. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Someone goes, oh, "There's a new Dragon Ball game out," and everyone fr- runs out to get it. You know. Yeah. Um, that's looking a little bit better. Um. But yeah, I think that's the thing. They're all going to be all militant about we don't pre-order. Let's if we all stand together, you know. And it's like, oh, but I, oh, Red Dead came out. And I didn't get didn't get a copy. <laughs> so uh, maybe I will pre-order next time. You know. Um, I mean, I, but you I, don't. I, no, I, there's I no it. there's no law that you have to pick it up. If you leave a five dollar yeah. deposit, you, I'm sure you can go in there and say, hey, look, I just want to put that on another game or take it off something else. You know, if you can, you can still wait for the reviews. There's no difference in pre-ordering something and being disappointed, or rushing out on day one and buying it and being disappointed. It's the same thing, you know. Yeah, 
I mean, like, I, I get it. Like, I've even been burnt by pre-orders before. Like, Arkham Knight is one of them. Yeah, on the PC. Disastrous PC release. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's a good way to change... Uh, it's mainly the publisher's reasoning, I guess, or it's publisher's fault. Yeah. Quote, end quote. Um, that <laughs> pre-orders and pre-order incentives and whatnot keep happening is because, mm. you know, they need to make money. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, it's uh, like, I, I guess it's like the DLC model, though. Like, you know, like, or, or microtransactions, I should say. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody really hated the idea, but now, now everybody's come across one or two games that they're like, well, just this one. And then it just becomes second nature to just pull out your, your bank book, your, your credit card every time something's going to cost you a dollar twenty. You know, yeah. it's like for the longest time, I never bought an app on my iPhone um, because I'm like, Ugh. you know, I'm sure I can find a free version that does the same thing. I don't I, even it, it's so weird. You'll go out and you'll buy an eighty dollar game, but spending a dollar on an app that you're going to use every week on your iPhone is like that's beyond reason. Yeah, it's out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you do it once or twice and all of a sudden it just becomes second nature. You're like, ah, oh, a buck. What's a buck? It's a Coke. Boom. You know? Um, and it's the same with micro transactions. You know, half the people who play um, uh, Clash of Clans probably expected to never pay a cent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this game as much as I want for free. And now, you know, you know, oh God, I was talking to a guy today who's um, he's $2,000 deep into um, what's that space game that isn't out yet? Um, Star Citizen? Star Citizen. Yeah. Wow, $2,000. Yeah, you know the guy too. I don't want to add him on the podcast, but he's a regular customer of ours, friend of Paulie's. Um, we were talking about that today and we we're talking about Eve and stuff like that. And he's like, oh man, I've I'm, I've blown two grand on on uh, old mate because uh, I've, got, I've got some mad ships though. I'm like, that's cool. But when's the game come out? <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> Apparently it's playable now. It's pretty good. Um, they're, yeah. they're sort of releasing it in phases of you know at first you could go into your hangar and you could walk around your ships and look at them and hop in the cockpit and look around and be all excited and then you could um you know then they brought out like you could play against ai in a small area and then that you could multiplayer in a small area and they're slowly rolling out bigger and bigger gameplay options um yeah but it's it's, i think that game was fully kickstarted as well and they got like multiple millions of dollars for it they've they've made a ton of money off that so hopefully that shows itself in 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 the quality of game when it comes out you know what though no matter what they do i don't think i think as much as it seems like a mistake to to compare it to no man's sky and and how they're they're, i guess they're metering people's um expectations pretty well Mm. um but i feel like it's never going to be the game that everybody anticipates it is going to be because it's just not possible. No game yeah. can be what everybody expects it to be, you know? Um, but hopefully, hopefully they prove it wrong. Hopefully that'd be, it'd be, <laughs> pre- it'd be pretty awesome. I mean, I know people have been playing Eve for many, many years online and I've only heard about things on the peripheral. Um, but boy, does it seem like it'd be a lot of fun if you sort of know what you're doing and uh, you get way involved in it, you know? Yeah, you just got to get past that learning curve, I think. Yeah, and and I mean that's more of a space managing management game than a flight sim, you know. Although yeah. Eve Valkyrie on the on the VR, I just got today. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but the demo just seemed like a hell of a lot of fun. So I guess there's elements to it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that's about all the time we've got for tonight. Um, 
Thanks for watching. This podcast is brought to you by CoreyWireArt.com. Check it out. That's where I keep all my art uh, until we get a real sponsor. Um, <laughs> if you're watching the stream, you want to listen to us on your commute, uh, search iTunes for Pretty Sketchy. Uh, pretty sketchy podcast if you're an audio listener but want to see what i'm actually doing check us out on youtube again just search for pretty sketchy um or pretty sketchy podcast cool so thanks michael for joining us and uh, yeah we'll see you in a couple of weeks yay yay